Welcome to the TerraWorld Space Podcast. This is Arvind. Today I'm speaking with David Henry, co-founder and chief product officer of ExoTrail. ExoTrail is a French new space startup that is focusing on space mobility, meaning enabling small satellites to move in space, optimizing their deployment, and increasing their performance. I was interested in ExoTrail because I thought they have a pretty interesting strategy. I first heard of ExoTrail as a propulsion company a few years ago, so obviously I put them in the satellite subsystem bucket in the space industry. But then they started evolving as a company. They started offering satellite constellation design and operation software. And finally last month, they announced their on-orbit transfer vehicle called SpaceVan for last mile delivery in space. So essentially, they're one company that can help design satellite constellations, launch them, and then operate them, which I thought was pretty cool because each of them can be its own space company. In this episode, David and I talk about what's going on in the French new space ecosystem, the differences between US and European startups, the last mile delivery market, ExoTrail and their strategy, and more. And now I bring you David Henry. Hi, David. Thanks for being on the podcast. Hi, Aravind. Thanks for inviting me. All right. So let's get started. The first question that I start with is to ask guests to describe their story. So I'm going to ask the same to you. Uh, what's your story and how did you end up what you're doing now? That's a, that's a complex question. But uh, so I'm, I'm, my name is David. Uh, I'm 28. Uh, I'm in France. Uh, I'm co-founder and chief product officer of ExoTrail. How did I end up doing what I'm doing now? So, uh, well, I started ExoTrail when I was a, a student, actually. Um, so we've, we've, we, we, I had a, a colleague, a friend of mine there studying with me. Uh, we met uh, a guy who had uh, about 15 years of, of research in the, in the, uh, of experience in the space industry. And we, we wanted to, to, yeah, to go in the, in the space of, of space mobility uh, and so step by step, so while I was still a student, we, we you know, managed to get some fundings. Uh, we then, you know, managed to, to get some, some we won some, some pitches and stuff. And then we, we won some small contracts and we raised funds. And then, you know, slowly by slowly, we kind of, um, uh, I ended up so being a, a, an, an entrepreneur. Five years out after, here we are, 65 people, 20 million funds raised, a lot of stuff in space. Uh, and um, and uh, customers all across the globe, the US and Europe, uh, in Asia also. So yeah, that's that's a bit uh, the, the the short version of the story. All right, that makes sense. So let's hear about Exo Trail then. Um, I don't know how many of the listeners have heard about Exo Trail before, so it'd be good to get an overview of um, what Exo Trail is. Perhaps an elevator pitch. Um, I hear you mention space mobility a lot, so I'm sure that that'll you'll hear about the word more in the conversation. But well, let's start with an overview of Exo Trail first. Yeah, correct. So we are, as you 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 just said, we we are a space mobility company. Um, we think that. What's happening right now in space is somewhat similar to what happened on Earth 40 years ago. You, you have openings of new commercial routes, okay? So it's not, you know, the route between Asia and Europe this time. It's the route between Earth and space, where companies like SpaceX, but not only, uh, allow satellites to be deployed, uh, launched in space at a much lower cost than, you know, what was um, uh, possible before. Um, and so that's on the kind of offer side, uh, new commercial route. And on the demand side, you have a growing need of, for space applications, uh, whether it's service observation or telecommunication, that is uh, not, you know, ready, is not going to stop, you know, in the next few years. Um, and, uh, but what the, the, the satellite operators gain when they launch with uh, SpaceX, for instance, uh, they lose in flexibility, meaning that they, they, they go in space, but not necessarily where they want to operate from. Um, and so that creates a huge need for space mobility, space logistics. So going from one place to another in space, going from your launch orbit to an operational orbit, change your operational orbit, and, um, and, and also at the end of your mission, um, uh, go back to the Earth's atmosphere, not to generate new debris. So there is this huge need of space mobility, moving in space. That's what we do. We move things in space. And we do this with an end-to-end holistic approach, um, which again uh, takes its inspiration from Earth. Um, on Earth, when you go somewhere, what, what I do is I go on, on CC Mapper or Google Maps, um, to find my destination, find my route, find my means of transportation. Um, 
CityMapper opens the complex world of cartography to the people that are not experts in reading paper maps. Exops Mission Design, which is our collaborative, intuitive mission design and system design software, does exactly the same thing. It opens the world of system design and flight dynamics to the people that are not necessarily experts in these areas, so that they can design quickly, collaboratively, um, constellation and space missions. Doing this, they, they, they are able to take into account as early as possible the mobility thing uh, in their space mission. And the idea is like on Earth, once you've done that, once you, you, know, you know what is your satellite, what is your mission, how, where you need to go, how long is it going to take you to get there, you need to actually get there. And like on Earth, either you can take your car or take the bus. Take your car, you own the assets that allow you to move. Uh, in that case, for us, uh, we sell propulsion systems that we include um, inside our customers' satellites so that they can use this asset to move from point A to point B. Um, but like on Earth, you can just take, you, you might want to take the bus, you, you might want to buy mobility as a service and not as a product. In that case, you do not want to own the thing that allows you to move. And we do this with our space van logistics services. Um, so we have a vehicle, transportation and logistics vehicle, that is called a space van that is able to provide services to move satellites from point A to point B. At that point, our customers would integrate their satellites inside the space van, which will then, after the launch, uh, so we would put our space van, obviously, in, inside the rocket, and then uh, the rocket launches, the fairing opens, the space van takes off um, from its you know, uh, dispenser ring from the rocket. It will turn on its propulsion systems and then drop off the passengers to various locations. Um, so that's the second step of the equation, uh, solving the mobility need of our customer. We've defined it with Exops Mission Design, we solved it with XOMG or the space van, and all the space van. And then we need to operate the solution. It's not enough to solve the problem, you need to solve it in a way that is sustainably, uh, that can be sustainable for customers, economically speaking and environmentally speaking. And so that's why Exops Mission Design, we use the same flight dynamics call, the same intelligence behind it to develop a software that we call Exops Operations uh, that allows us to automate the operation of um, our customer's fleet or of our spaceman fleet. So Exops Operations is a mission control software that integrates flight dynamics capabilities, which is the only uh, mission control software to do that, in order to automate uh, the operation of, of satellites with a, a focus on, on flight dynamics, um, uh, propulsion, and, and mobility. That's what we do. Um, and then to, to end with 15 seconds of a few numbers, with 65 people, we're based in France. Um, we have customers uh, in the US, uh, where we did uh, about a quarter of our sales last year. In Europe, in Asia, uh, 2022, we should grow by about 400% for the fourth year in a row. Um, and uh, we have um, systems and, and software in space uh, for a bit more than, than a year now. And uh, the space van uh, will fly for its first mission in October 2023 on board a, a Transport Online uh, Falcon 9 rocket. Um, so yeah, that's the, 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 the short, kind of short version of, of, of Exotrail. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's very interesting because, you know, usually companies have one of these components, they are either a mission operations company or they're either a transportation company. It seems like you do um, everything or you intend on doing end-to-end, -end, which is which is great to see. Uh, and I'll get to, you know, your products and, you know, what your difference here, Shater, is in the market in a bit. But I wanted to kind of take a step back and, you know, talk to you about France because you mentioned that you're based in France. Um, I'm based in France as well. And it seems like the new space era in France has kind of started in the last couple of years. I know that it was slowly starting um, in the last few years, but in the last couple of years, it seems like it's definitely here. Um, so I want to talk to you about the French ecosystem and then we'll get back to what's going on in the French ecosystem these days, because it seems like we're hearing a lot more um, than what we did two years ago. Do you agree? Yeah, I do agree. Um, so th there are a lot of things happening. I, I, I think that in the uh, kind of... Uh, France space entrepreneurial ecosystem. Um, there, there are two, two, two kind of cohorts. Um, you have a cohort that is, I agree, you relatively limited, limited, sorry, of a handful of companies basically that created their their venture of 
five years ago. So we started, we, we incorporated the company in 2017, uh, started in 2015. There are other companies, so like um, uh, Unseen Labs, Anywaves, Pregens, for instance, who started off uh, about five years, uh, five years ago. And so obviously these companies are now not so much in a full you know, startup mode. They, they've raised, uh, you know, collectively more than $100 million. Uh, they hire more than, you know, 500 people. Uh, or maybe not 500, 300 people. Um, and they do you know, dozens of millions of, of revenues all across the globe. Um, and that is uh, that has started before uh, before two years ago, so really, really five years ago. Um, but then there is there has been uh, a lot of uh, newer companies appearing in the last three years, which is extremely good. Um, that took a bit that energy from the those first fundraisings, those those first you know success stories. Uh, that also took advantage of, a, uh, I would say, a cultural change. I uh, would not call that a revolution yet. There is a cultural change uh, in our agencies like NES uh, or, or MOD um, to, to work more you know, with buying things, buying services, buying products, and, and trust newer companies. And both of these things, as private energy, that public cultural change, sparked a new cohort of more of a dozen, you know, several dozens actually of, of companies in across all the, the sectors. So launch um, you have venture orbital systems, dark hyperspace, uh, you have uh, 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 yeah, space able, uh, that's what I got the name, share my space in SSA. Uh, you, you have many of companies that appeared in, in the last three to four years and start to raise you know seed, seed funds uh, and that hopefully will will join the, the first cohort in the next uh, in the next couple of years. Um, and that that's 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 very good. Uh, we do have a lot of, of uh, let's say engineering skills in France from you know the, the 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 space base we have in the past fifty years. You know, with with a lot of, of large companies like like Airbus and Thales, which helps a lot. We have a very good um, venture capital ecosystem, which was uh, you know uh, sparked a lot by our, our president, uh, uh, Mr. Macron, uh, first as minister of economy uh, before two thousand seventeen, and then as president. Um, and that helped a lot. And now in the last, you know, year, and I would like to say a lot, uh, maybe we, we helped a bit on that in the trail uh, through, you know, various political, uh, uh, let's say, actions that we did uh, to kind of uh, do not only on the venture side, but also on the customer side. Uh, and, and President Macron had certainly a lot in, in reshaping the way uh, CNES, um, but not only CNES, were, were working with startups to trust them more with operational contracts uh, and so on. And, uh, and I'll end by that, uh, uh, actually extraordinary uh, action uh, took recently was uh, something called France 2030, so France 2030, which is 1.5 billion put in the space industry over the next 10 years, including 1 billion for emerging companies. Um, and it's it's just now taking form and shape and, and because also uh, it got reelected that it will suddenly help things. So. So yeah, that's basically what ha- what's happening. A uh, bit, you know, slow start, uh, but uh, now it's ramping up uh, quite quickly. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, it seems like it's the same with the larger tech industry. Uh, France had a pretty late start, uh, I would say, in getting into tech in, you know, private investments. And definitely it's happened in, you know, the larger tech industry, but also it's the same in space. Slow start, but it's, you know, seems like it's all getting in the right direction. Um, all right. Let's talk about the space industry then, because there's a lot of things going on in the space industry. And of course, um, you know, on my side, because I'm focused a lot on Earth observation, I've looked at the market and it's been an explosion of startups launching satellites, um, launching products. Um, but there's also been an equal amount of excitement on the upstream side. Um, and we talk a lot about SpaceX, but it's not only SpaceX, but of course, there's a lot of launch activity uh, and the on-orbit servicing and the last mile delivery market has also exploded, I guess, in the last few years, because somehow people have realized that, you know, just having a launch is not enough. They want to get to their end location. And, you know, there's been, again, a flurry of companies, um, both in the US and in Europe, uh, which has been interesting to see. So I want to get your thoughts on the overall space industry, really, and, you know, what you think about it and where do you think it's going? Yeah, sure. So I think, so first, the fundamentals are there. So I think that the need for space is growing. The interest from also institutions is growing a lot. Uh, and that's, uh, I think, a, a trade that's not ready to stop at any point. So I think the fundamentals are there. Uh, it does not mean that every concessions that are being designed or planned are, are going to, you know, uh, be live 
obviously that there will be a lot of, of failures, uh, but still there will be a lot of, of um, actual use cases proven to be you know operational in space in the next few years. That that I'm convinced. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that uh, we we are the space mobility market is is uh, uh, being involved in that um, let's say sector forces you to to be knowledgeable and to study carefully the two other markets, which are the satellites and launch market. Because you are a bit stuck in between the two, let's say. We do, uh, we do believe that, that, that this is where the value lies, um, not all of the values, but, but a large chunk of it. Uh, but it, it forces us to study carefully these two markets. So the, the, the way uh, and these two markets, satellites and launch, are really unstwinned between each other. Uh, the way I see uh, the... Um, the launch market is, is um, uh, well, goes back to what we said when we were raising our seed rounds uh, in 2018. And we're saying, look, right now, so at that time, if you want to launch a small sat, it's going to be with, you know, PSLV, uh, 20, 25, you know, uh, at least K euro per, per kilogram. And we were saying, okay, but companies like Rocket Lab are going to be live eventually. Uh, and so they will be much more precise than you guys. So they, they will... Uh, deploy things exactly where you want them to be and when the market will mature and when constellation will grow people will have very specific orbital requirements which is what we see today and so we anticipated that a little bit and we said um, the, the big launches out there they, they are going to compete on, on what they can compete on which is costs right so the marginal cost of the PSLD Falcon 9 and so on uh, to launch small size is relatively limited so they're, they're, what we said is okay they are going to to um, lower the launch cost, which is exactly what happened the year after summer 2019, SpaceX releases their rideshare offering at $5,000 per kilogram. So that in turn creates that huge gap in space mobility because you go in space quickly, but as you, you were saying, being in space, space is big, right? So it's not only good to, to be in space, you need to be at the right location and, and specifically at the right plane. So constellations tend to operate over several planes. Um, and it's relatively easy to launch your first plane, but a lot of customers uh, <laughs> with whom we are discussing, they, they, they are in the position where they want to launch a second and third and fourth plane, orbital plane, and they're like, well, how can we do that? Because actually we, there is no transporter X that goes in, you know, L10, uh, uh, 3 p.m. Or, or whatever. Um, and so it's at that point that you do need that space mobility. Um, and that space mobility gap that we addressed obviously was also addressed by micro launchers. So there was a trend two, three years ago of all the one, 200 kg class uh, nano launchers evolved, not all of them, but most of them, to one ton class, um, uh, let's say, uh, uh, capacity. Uh, you have Firefly, you have, uh, you have um, uh, ISAR, you have RFA, and, and so on, who, who now develop a, a, a uh, launchers in that range. Now, you could say that they do address that gap, but actually when you still launch 1.5 tons in Leo, it's still pretty hard to find 1.5 tons of people that go exactly at the same place, right? So what happens usually is that you can feel, you know, 700, 800, 900 kilograms in the form of either one large sat or, or a plane of small sat, but still end up with, you know, 500, 600 kg of empty mass in your ferry that we would typically be very happy to buy so that we can resell it to people that go to different destinations. So you have that kind of, you know, uh, nano-launchers, then the, the large launcher, they reduce their price, so you had that gap, which micro-launcher emerged with one-ton class, and you have Starship, uh, which can has the potential to kind of reshuffle everything, uh, because it's about the same thing. It's even cheaper than the Falcon 9, but it will very much likely be even less flexible than the Falcon 9, um, which means that it will, it's a, for, for us, and that's what I see uh, space logistics going, is that it will be relatively inexpensive to send mass and volume in space, uh, which means that there will be a strong incentive to, build, to send infrastructure like the space van in order to do that last bit in space. So it's still a driver in, um, let's say, last mile in space mobility because as long as the you know, uh, launch costs drop, uh, it creates that need for flexibility. And finally, that impacts the satellite industry as well because when launch costs decrease, obviously satellite mass tends to increase uh, because, uh, let's say, 
launch cost is the bit that is linear. So when you you you, you launch something that is you know uh, 100 kilogram versus 50 kg, your launch cost cost two times more. Your bill of materials is not twice more. Uh, your performances sometimes can be twice or even four times uh, better. So when launch costs decrease, the kind of portion in CapEx that is dedicated to launch decreases as well, means that it, it's an incentive to launch bigger stuff. Because it will not be uh, yep. twice you know, more expensive, but more performing. So that's why I see the big trend. Larger satellites, not, not large satellites, but the, the nanosat become microsat, the microsat becomes smallsat, and a more um, uh, diverse uh, launch industry uh, on all you know, classes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it is definitely an emerging trend because, you know, as you mentioned, Starship is going to come and then make launch price cheaper. Um, but then, you know, even though the satellites are going to get slightly bigger, it doesn't mean that Starship is going to get them the flexibility. And there is a need for getting to last mile. Um, that makes a lot of sense. And I wanted to ask in terms of the geographical difference. So how do you see this? Do you see this evolving the same way as it is in the US? Because part of me thinks that Europe, um, if you were to just look at Europe together, um, they operate kind of differently compared to how the US is. Of course, there are a few similarities, but maybe there are a few differences as well. So what are some, you know, some key differences in terms of how Europe looks at what we talked about in terms of lost mile delivery versus how US is looking at it? I, I think actually that, that we, we don't really see a big difference in our US customers and European customers in how they uh, in that, that deployment equation, right? There are a lot of European companies that use SpaceX uh, because of launch price. Hopefully, you know, Ariane 6 will be able to, to maybe not be on par, but, but at least in the same order of magnitude in terms of launch price for SmallSat. But at the end of the day, the equation is, is more or less placed with the same factor. It's a globalized supply chain, a globalized launch uh, supply chain as well. Um, this being said, there, there are a lot of difference, which, which I think goes back to the... Um, uh, let's say venture ecosystem, venture capital ecosystem, and the public um, investment ecosystem. So um, th th there is less money in Europe, right? So we, 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 we there are some cases, and, and without quoting name and so on, but we received uh, to do the same thing that a US company, and in some cases we already did have that, an amount of money that was about 30 times less, right? So half a million in our case, about 50 million in, in, um, in, in some other cases. So which means that that there is less money, which obviously in a first order of analysis, you can think, well, that's bad for Europe. Um, but I would argue that it tends to create more stable companies. And the, I have tons of examples, I won't quote names, but uh, where you have companies that emerge in the US, sold big vision on PowerPoints with a lack, a clear lack of business metrics a clear lack of business strategy, overfunding, uh, meaning that a, a, a zero incentive to be efficient, and then this company went uh, either bankrupt or, you know, um, kind of poorly addressed the markets, did some spike or stuff like that. So I, I would say that uh, not having uh, infinite amount of money forces you to be efficient in how you spend it, uh, which tends to create more stable company. And actually... Uh, whether it's on the software side, on the proportion side, on the service side, our, our biggest com some of our competitors are in the US, but it's not actually even the majority in, in a lot of cases. So uh, public money, uh, yeah, you, you need to you, you need to have some, but but if you have infinite amount of money, like sometimes it's it's the case in the US, and you can create uh, unstable uh, businesses that that forget to you know discuss about their customers and and about the value that their products provide. Um, so yeah, that's the main difference. And venture capital, obviously. It kind of goes in the same direction. So yeah, but I understand it's it's a very interesting point because I've not heard this before. People always have looked at it as a negative, but it's interesting to get your thoughts on how it could be more efficient and it can create an ecosystem that is you know a lot more sustainable in the long run. Um, you know, yeah. creating businesses that survive as opposed to just you know throwing money at companies that can survive in the short term but not in the long term. All right, yeah, that makes um, that makes a lot of sense. All right, now let's get to ExoTrail, and you know, I wanted to hear about how you know you guys started, and you know how the whole idea started. Let's get back to you know what we were talking about before about what you're building. But I want to start with um, what's your founding journey? How did you guys get to decide and you know start ExoTrail? 
back then. Yeah, correct. So um, initially, so we started looking at the space market. So this was the you know beginning of the CubeSat era, a lot of things being launched in space, and we identified at the beginning. Uh, mobility proportion to be the kind of lacking element in that ecosystem uh, because the fundamentals were a bit different. So when you have one, two, three spacecrafts, um, you, you can, uh, let's say, you have much less, uh, and particularly when they are in geo. Geo is, is in one dimension, so it's pretty far but easy orbit, right? It's a line, not a curve, but it's in 1D. Uh, Leo tends to be in three dimensions, and so when you have a constellation, you need to operate with specific geometries. And we're saying how how people are going to do that. But like you had a lot of, you know, plans in 2015, 16, well, we're going to launch this, you know, 500 satellites constellation over 10 planes, and, but, 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 but how are you going to deploy this? Uh, how are you going to maintain your orbit? Or how are you going to avoid collisions? And so we, we identified um, a, a gap there uh, between the fu- current and future needs of customers and the technology offering and the product offering. From that gap, uh, we, we had access to a technology developed by a researcher uh, called Marcel Guillot, which for, for the record is why our, our products are called XOMG, which is something that um, uh, is not super well known. And uh, he was 75 years old and he had uh, you know, built a, a very, very small uh, you know, proof of concept of a, a, a super tiny whole effect thruster, so actually 5 watts, even 10 times smaller than our smaller thruster today. Um, there, there was a, it was really a proof of concept, so there actually eventually there, there, there wasn't much you know stuff that was working from from that, but still it, it allowed us to to put a, f- a foot in, in that in that um, in that door, um, and and we said that initially actually uh, we want to launch our own constellation. We say okay we are gonna we had a kind of you know product design thinking approach. Say we have this ability to operate uh, lower than other satellites because we can maintain the orbit. So let's try to study at you know. Um, um, Earth observation, for instance. So we didn't go that route. Uh, we did. Uh, we spent you know a few months in 2015 studying that for various reasons. But uh, it's important to mention because we wanted to 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 see okay what what is going to what a constellation with propulsion operating at a very low Earth orbit can uh, look like. Uh, and we were unable to find the right software to answer that question. Um, and so, because we typed constellation design software, uh, you know, and, and it was basically, you know, all the SDK uh, thing that, were, that are basically impossible to, um, to, to use if you're not an expert. Um, and, and the reason why when you hit, and you can try it uh, now, I just tried it, when you hit constellation design software on Google, uh, the reason why the first result is now ExoOps mission design is precisely because uh, we wanted to help companies that are not necessarily expert in flight dynamics and so on uh, to design their constellation and once they are designed to deploy it. So it's really, uh, we had a problem, we couldn't find the answers to a question, we designed something for initially our own tools and we dropped the constellation ideas but we say okay the, the same thing applies to our customers, right? That questions will have to be answered um, by, by other companies and so we, de- we decided to, 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 to uh, let's say, uh, develop that software Ironically, we, we started developed uh, the tech of the software before the propulsion system, uh, which is something that is not really well known. Um, and we said very early on, uh, people are, are like on Earth, they, they, they might want to buy the mobility thing as a product with XOMG, but they, they will also um, uh, want to buy this as a service. And even even though we've started you know, communicating on the space van heavily a couple of weeks ago, if you, if you hit a... The kind of when we, we, we deposited the brand name Space Van, it's in 2017. Okay, so that gives you the, the fact that this, the Space Van has been there all along. Uh, and if, when you take our pitches from four years ago, it's, it's been there all along. So that's, that's the small brick. So a technological gap, um, a technology, uh, money. We had a million euros funding early on in 2016 before the company was actually incorporated to develop the technology. A team, two students, with a more you know, technical and pole side business experience on my side, but also with a, a reset, the, uh, the engineer who had 15 years of experience, Jean-Luc Maria, who is now a CEO. Um, and it's the combination of all that. We said, okay, let, let's go forward. We have money, team, gap, technology. Uh, you know, that happens only once. So let's move forward. That's how it, it started. All right. That's a, that's a pretty interesting story. And I like that you started with a you know problem in mind as opposed to just being, you know, let's you know, 
work on a technology and see where the market is. But it seems like you try to solve your own problem. And I think a lot of great products are founded that way, where you know you try to solve your own problem and you end up creating a solution. Then you figure out that a lot of people are also interested in, you know, that's our largest businesses of our time, like the AWS and, um, you know, AWS come to our mind and uh, that was also founded the same way. Um, makes sense. And, you know, that it's interesting that you talk about Space, space One and how you were talking about it in 2017, because, you know, I know ExoTrail for probably five years now. And uh, I always thought of, you know, ExoTrail as, you know, in the, in the propulsion category. So maybe I'm mistaken to say that you were a propulsion company that then decided to go... Uh, up the value chain and become an end-to-end -end company, right? So you've always been an end-to-end -end company. It's not something that you decided in the last year. Correct. <laughs> we are a bit in uh, what we call, I, I have no idea if that's uh, something that exists in, in English, but submarine mode. <laughs> so kind of stealth mode. Uh, but stealth yeah, mode, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, on the space vans, for various reasons, I, I think even all the, you know, let's say, uh, you know, marketing, the B word and so on that that were developed in the last couple of years in some extenses uh, outside. I think we were right to do that because uh, we were extremely product focused. So we we talked to uh, maybe fifty satellite operators back in two thousand twenty uh, to 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 develop to to kind of position the space van product. Uh, this means this explains that very strong product approach. Uh, discussing with customers all the time, testing assumptions to verify early on uh, the, the relying assumptions of your business. Explains why we have a, a design of our vehicle, which is different than the competition. Uh, we use electric propulsion. Obviously, the fact we are expert in electric propulsion helps, but it's also a customer decision, uh, which means that, you know, rather than having a 100 kilogram uh, passenger mass on the space van, we have a 400 kilogram mass. Rather than delivering, you know, 100 or 200 meters per second of Delta V, we can deliver one or two kilometers per second of Delta V uh, because we can pack in in one vehicle, a lot of people that can go in different locations, can offer more value-added missions. And so all of that is, you know, a business decisions based on, on, on our product uh, strategy uh, and a lot of customers' discussions, which say, okay, at the end of the day, we want to offer something that goes, that, that uh, is able to host um, one or two or three planes uh, of a given customer to offer them with a large plane change capabilities and to offer that as a very quick speed and electric proportion is, is, is better than chemical proportion when you want to go quickly from one plane to another for flight dynamics reasons. Uh, it can be a bit counterintuitive, but but that's the case uh, for flight reasons that are a bit complex to explain. Um, so that's why we, we positioned that product. But but yeah, it got live. Actually, it got live in 2020 because we won a contract from Fness. So at that point, we had to kind of quietly communicate about it and really decided to communicate about the space van when we we had a you know design vehicle ready for our first mission when we had a launch contract signed with spacex uh, so that you know we are now filling our space van with customers and so um since the announcement i i, I can't uh, <laughs> obviously can't go in detail but uh we 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 have an amount of of uh, bids to do uh in the past two weeks it's just absolutely insane um so it's going to take us a, a lot of, um, of, uh, of, 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 let's say, uh, time in the next few weeks. Um, um, and But yeah, so so it got live recently, but it was there all along. And I can send you, you know, uh, uh, I can send you slides from uh, our 2018 pitch where you had exactly, you know, 2019, we're going to deliver our first system test of software. 2020 is going to fly in space. 2021, we're going to design the space van. 2023, we're going to launch it. And that's four years ago that we, we planned all that. Got it. Makes sense. And what's powering this seems to be your propulsion system, correct? So is what's, what's so unique about your propulsion system? Uh, you mentioned, you know, the electric propulsion and, you know, why it's better uh, in a way than chemical and i guess it's also more sustainable uh, from an environmental point of view but is that your moat is that your um, differentiator is that what yeah is that what makes you unique to start with on a foundational level exo mg is high thrust flexible electric that's the three things that differentiate us and sets us apart from the competition XMG is a line of whole effect thrusters from 10 to 1000 kilogram satellites uh, we designed the smallest uh, whole effect thrusters that has ever flown in space. Um, and those three things are important for our customers. So high thrust, because on the nano mi microsat segments, they're, they're, we are the only uh, efficient flight-proven whole effect propulsion system. 
um, uh, with customers like uh, you know ClydeSpace, Nanoavionics, uh, uh, other companies um, that I, I can mention in the US and in Europe. Um, and the, the high thrust is a big differentiator there. So we have customers that don't want to spend a year or two years in orbit just maneuvering. Uh, they want to do the same maneuver, plane change, anti change in like weeks or months. And high thrust will be uh, more speed for our customers, uh, which sets us apart from, uh, let's say, our electric portion uh, counterparts in that nano and microsat segment. Uh, chemical, so electric is versus chemical, obviously. Uh, when you have a 50 kg spacecraft, you want to change your plane. You really don't want to add another 50 kg of uh, propulsion system, propellant, and so on, uh, because then it changes, you know, it's, it's, so first it changes your spacecraft design a lot, and we don't change the spacecraft design when we integrate a propulsion system. Uh, but also, it's, a, you know, the kind of chicken and egg things with chemical propulsion where you need propellant, uh, but you need a lot, so your mass increases, so you need to add propellant to push that propellant, blah, 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 blah. blah. Uh, and so, and then, and then the price increases as well. And the price you need to pay more well. to launch. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's that's the that's the element on the nano microsat segments, and on the small sat segments is more uh, lower power and flexibility. Uh, so there are small sat that do not have the five hundred watts that you need to host some of our proportion systems uh, competitors. Um, or competitors proportion systems, sorry. And so first, lower power. Uh, which is a kind of versatility and flexibility that we are the only one to provide. So we do have other companies in the, in the U.S. and be offering 500 watt-ish proportion uh, whole effect proportion system. Uh, we offer a 60 watt, 150 watts. We can clusterize this system to have 300 watt, 450 watt. Uh, we develop also a kilowatt thruster, so we can address the excessive range of small satellites. But at the end of the day, the modules that are inside, so anode, cathode, power processing unit, uh, propellant management system tanks, are more or less the same. Uh, and the interfaces are standard. So we can talk to small sat providers like York Space Systems, but two of our propulsion systems for uh, 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 NASA Eclipse uh, mission for, for initiative machines. Um, it's, it's two uh, micro thrusters, so ExoMG cluster X2 product, we call it. So two ExoMG micro uh, that are each 150 watt. Uh, but the, for instance, the power processing unit that we use is the same one you use on our ExoMG Nano. So they can take advantage of the heritage we have on smaller uh, thrusters. And also it's much more flexible. Uh, so we have some, some, some cases where, you know, the customers are, are, have a very uh, small, you know, place reserved for proportion. And we can fit in that place, uh, not necessarily because we are the smallest in total volume, but because we are the, more, uh, the most flexible. So that's really what sets us uh, apart, the flexibility for micro small sat provider, that high thrust for nano micro sat provider which explains why there are more than 10, 15 uh, lost count, uh, of companies that have picked uh, XOMG for their platforms and applications. That's cool. So what are those applications? That's what I was curious about. Um, what are some use cases? What are the type of satellites? Are there more Earth observation-related satellites that need to you know, move a lot in order to take pictures, or is it more communication? What kind of satellites are you most... Um, working with so actually it's pretty um let's say um uh, th there are a combination of different uh, use cases so we have customers um that are that have a iot use case for instance a utah sat for instance is, is using uh xmg4 for their iot constellation um we have other customers for exploration uh with, with exploration and telecommunication because the, the, the contract we have with uh, with um york space systems um, and the end customer being intuitive machine uh, is for a telecommunication satellite relay around the moon. Um, so it's a pretty cool mission, probably the coolest one we have. Um, and so it's both for telecommunication and exploration, you can call it that way. Uh, we have, uh, not sure I can quote that, but uh, customers in the Earth observation also sector in, in Europe. Uh, we have also. Yeah, around, you know, uh, uh, space, space kind of SSA, so space monitoring. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the applications of our end customers are pretty, um, you know, um, different. Um, and we have also commercial and institutional customers uh, alike. 100%. And, you know, that's, and it, it's interesting you think that that is only one of your products, right? It can choose to monetize it, which you have done it. But then you're also, you know, leveraging that for Spaceman. Correct. So, you yeah, know, it's nice right. to be in a position where, you know, you can have a product that you can, you know, monetize in the market, but then you can also use it yourself. Um, and is, is that the case for 
ExoOps as well, because we talked about the operation software and how you try to solve your own problem before with, uh, you know, with ExoOps. So that is also, uh, you know, a specific offering um, that customers are using today. Yeah, correct. So uh, you're absolutely right about the space value proportion. Uh, and and the, the roadmap of the space value falls also the roadmap of proportion. So it will first fly, you know, with the XMG cluster X2, then X4, then the small. And, and also it's a platform for to demonstrate in space our hardware innovations. So that's very important for us as well because we can fly what, what we develop in our hardware offices in, in Paris suburb um, and put it in the space van and demonstrate it in space. Um, and so same on the software, space van has been you know, heavily designed for mission analysis, obviously, and deployment analysis with Exops mission design. And obviously, uh, the, 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 so we will own the ground segments of the space van because we, we will be an operator and the, the, the ground segment will run on, on Exops operations. So... Um, this is a very synergetic approach, uh, both internally speaking, but also externally speaking, because we are in a position where we can discuss with the customer, chat with the customer, interact with the customer, more or less at every stage of his process. Okay, Even if you have a, a customer that has already satellites on board, is not after propulsion or, or launch, we can they, they have uh, operation software requirements. Um, you could be in a, with a customer that is in design phase, not ready to buy proportion, but ready to design and, and pick a technology. We have Exops Mission Design. You could have a customers that have these satellites ready, um, it's too late to sell proportion, but they can use the space van. So that's that very versatile approach that, that allows us in terms of you know, go-to-market strategy, uh, in terms of um, uh, cross-selling strategy is very powerful. Um, and then... Uh, so I don't know if, if you want also... Uh, yeah, your question was also on ExoOps. So um, ExoOps mission design um, is, 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 is used by, by, by many uh, customers. Um, so Thales, Utelsat, to name a few, or Knes, to name some institutional customers, for instance. Uh, some others that hopefully we'll announce uh, soon. Um, ExoOps operations actually is pretty exciting because we enter in beta, uh, so we'll probably release that announcement uh, soon, but... Uh, beta version is being used by first customers this week uh, in the US and in Europe, um, and um, and yeah, so it's you know iterative ways of developing and selling our products, um, and what we provide us is the the other solutions out there is really we we want to make flight dynamics easy and accessible for the for the many, and so we that it means that we are not an expert software. You know there are software out there which takes an a, a huge amount of expertise to use. Uh, they are very good software, very powerful, uh, but you need 20 years of flight dynamics experience to use them. It takes you six months to be onboarded on a software like that, and you design a constellation in weeks. Exoops, we have our bid team uh, that use Exoops. Uh, some of the people in the bid team are actually all of them are not engineers. Uh, and they are running mission analysis on Exoops. Uh, try to to have uh, someone that does not have an engineering background, use Exops, uh, use or competitor software, won't be possible. Um, it takes one hour to onboard someone on Exops, uh, and you can design a constellation in about five minutes uh, as opposed to weeks. Um, and so that's why a company like Thales, for instance, finds, finds it super useful because uh, it's a, a good driver of business because instead of you know being able to design one constellation for a customer, uh, in one month, they can deliver, they can design like uh, dozens, um, and so it's uh, that's why a lot of users of Exops Mission Design are bid teams inside our integrators and operators, and it extends it improves the quality of the bid, it it extends the quantity of the bid, and that's why it's quite um, helpful. Yeah. All right, makes sense. So let's talk about Spacevan uh, before we wrap. Um, I was curious about because you know we talked a lot about the importance of this product and, you know, the growth of this market. But I was also curious because there is what I've noticed, the growth of launch brokers who come in and just, you know, fit um, satellites into different launch providers based on when they want it, where they want to go, etc. And then there's the, you know, last mile delivery um, operators, uh, the space mobility uh, companies. So, how does the how is the market dynamic going to work with these two? Because it seems like, or is it going to work together? Because part of me thinks that it's complementary, because launch brokers book satellites on the launch, and then they then find um, you know a space mobility company to get them to their last uh, location. Maybe it's complementary, but you know it can also be kind of working you know not in 
together contradictively, right? So how do you see this dynamic? Yeah, that's an excellent question. I do see uh, inherently, again, looking at the fundamentals, that that the that there is a, a huge complementarity that can be uh, that can be found. Uh, so you do have this kind of two uh, types of companies. So people that are initially broker that that are going to the mobility space, and there are people that are initially in the mobility space that they 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 don't like they it's just a you know customer wants end to end launch services. So we kind of have have to develop that 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 broker thing, um, so which which makes us technically a broker um, because we would take care of we provide an end to end launch service, so we would take care of everything for our customers. But uh, it's not where we generate really value um, uh, for for us. Um, so that's why I I do I do think that that you can have a lot of uh, synergies that can be found if if you have. Um, so when we launch with a space van, a, a, a custom, when we deploy a constellation, for instance, we would provide two types of value. That there is the kind of broker side. So we find a, a route in space. We 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 buy in whole. We buy uh, you know as a wholesale buyer, and we sell as a as a as a uh, let's say I forgot the English word uh, like in, in small bits. So we buy in bulk, and we and we sell in detail. Um, but and, and so that's the first bit um, and take care of all the uh, uh, logistics legal etc aspects uh, and the second bit is the in-space mobility um, but where we, we are let's say uh, if, if we have a customer that only wants to to you know be in space we, we can we can do that uh, but uh, maybe it's an over let's say uh, uh, it's not necessary to have a space van just to do that we can still do it though because uh, in a space van we you have two kind of customers. You are other people that are really using taking advantage of the um, mobility service, but you also have people that once that vehicle is you know full enough for us to be profitable and so on. We 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 also can offer that service maybe for uh, in an affordable way, so the broking service for our customers, which is which is uh, good for, for everyone. This being said, I see absolutely no reasons why you know you couldn't have a, a broker that has a customer. Um, that that needs to go in orbits that that they cannot deliver into, even if they develop OTVs or stuff. Uh, and in that case, we would more than happy to you know um, uh, transport that customers uh, to the right place, make him her, uh, uh, make it a, a happy customer, and we can then share value. Oppositely, we 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 are more than happy you know if if we have a a space van that still has some space left to, to sell part of that capacity through a, through a broker. I, I think that the the core. Uh, fundamentals of the business are, are complementary, so I, I think that it, it can be actually more, yeah, a positive synergy between the two in the in the long term. All right, makes sense. So let's move to a couple of wrap-up questions. Um, one thing that I always ask, uh, especially if I have someone like an entrepreneur on the podcast, is about the space industry. Is there anything that worries you about the state of the space industry today, and is there something that could go wrong? Yeah, yeah. I think again, uh, I'm not going to be very, very original compared to to the other people. Uh, that's the question, which is, uh, uh, we are we are not in a stable mode, right? It's 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 a bit the elephant in the room, but there is a bit of a bubble uh, in how all the you know uh, companies are are funded. Uh, you know, no need to kind of uh, you know uh, not mention it. It doesn't mean that that there is uh, you know that there was a, a kind of uh, internet bubble 20 years ago and, and look at you know where the internet is right now so i think the fundamentals against are there uh, we just need to be wary of what just goes way above the fundamentals and keep the kind of solid growth uh, stable uh, growth that there is in, in the space market and that goes back to the other comment i was doing earlier on the podcast which is i do think that to a certain extent european companies might be more resilient uh, to a lack, sure lack of funding, <laughs> because we're, we're used to it in a way, and so it, it's it's yeah, uh, in some cases obviously not all the cases, but but fundamentals can be there. First thing that that's that's this one. Um, second thing is is obviously space pollution, space debris. Uh, all our solutions, so proportion, whether it's on board or whether it's with the space van to do active orbitation, uh, starting in two thousand twenty seven. Whether it's with exops operations to be able to um, uh, make economically sustainable the fact to be environmentally sustainable, you know, through automated collision avoidance, 
uh, we are taking that, that and because there is a business opportunity, but, but because also if, if we need to do it, otherwise uh, a lot of companies are doing it and, and um, it's a big threat. Uh, it's a big threat and something that I, I, I still see as not really, um, you know, fully m mastered in the risks that, 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 that they are. Um, and again, geopolitics as well is also, you know, that there is a kind of, you know, that I don't want to mention the term Cold War, but, but uh, there is a, a race to space uh, and, and we need to, you know, space was created also with a lot of collaborations that there with the you know, war in Ukraine and so on. You had some stop of collaborations, which I, I think are a bit unprecedented in the last dozens of years. So I, I would, yeah, we, we kind of need to be careful on that. Um, space has always been a realm of collaboration, not only collaboration, but there has been collaboration, and I, I think this needs to be to be continued. Um, yeah, definitely. All right, makes sense. Last question then: um, the next five years, what do you want Extro Extro Trail to be known for or known as? So we want to be a space logistics leader. Um, we we want to be the kind of uh, you know next FedEx, UPS, but in space. Um, that's what we want to do. All right, that's a that's a very short but nice vision to have. Um, anything else? Anything else we missed, David? Before we end? No, it's been really nice to have this chat. Uh, definitely the right right moment, the good moment to, to do a, a podcast about the space industry. So, so yeah, no. If you have any you know questions, uh, all the people that 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 are uh, listening, uh, you, you can reach out to me you know, on LinkedIn or, or um, and and. Always keep an eye open on our job offerings, uh, <laughs> uh, and that, that's something that that uh, that uh, yeah I want to 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 stress out. Uh, and maybe one last thing that I I like to to add at the end, which is I think something that that we are very bad at overall in the space industry, and and honestly in Exotrail, is uh, at uh, gender equality in terms of just number of people. Um, so I, I always uh, look at you know. Uh, that in extra trade we are 65 people and 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 uh, and and not enough women's uh, i would say uh we want we we say, oh everyone's right for diversity but that's kind of also the elephant in the room a bit sometimes um and i think that's also a role as as a entrepreneur to put forward the fact that uh the space career is open to everyone uh, women and men um alike and that's impressive success stories uh, in extra trail uh, are, are, are from from women and so we can make progress on that everyone can and um, again yeah the, the, the solution is hard but, but just saying that I think maybe uh, uh, at least kind of harm so yeah please apply uh, for all the positions um, and, um, and and yeah um, that would be my final word alright sounds good brilliant thanks for being on the podcast David this was this was a lot of fun thanks a lot Arvin bye bye hey this is Arvin again thanks for listening if you like this episode, please subscribe to the Terrawatt Space Podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. Also, feel free to sign up for my newsletter, Terrawatch on Substack. That is terrawatch.substack.com, where I attempt to decode the recent developments in space tech and its impact on Earth. Thanks again, and hope to see you for the next episode.